The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. On this episode of This League, the first weekend of the playoffs are in the books, and we are here to be spilling our opinions about everything. We'll cover the series. We'll even go over some of the tea that has been spilling and brewing in places like Indiana and Golden State, which there's a lot of it. So it is playoff time, baby. Marty, are you excited? Are you juiced? I know you are juiced. Oh, you know, you know, you know, it's ready. Yes. He's juiced. It's juiced. <laughs> All right, Marty, let's drop the beat. All right, let's start with a quick review of what's popping around the league. Okay, so we have basically another one of these moments, Marty, where a star player comes out after the fact and reveals an injury, which could be you are the most heroic human being we've ever seen, or you want to control the narrative, which is, I think, maybe a little bit of both here. Steph Curry who played some of his best basketball after his tailbone injury. News comes out. He's been playing with a cracked hairline fracture in his tailbone since mid-March. He was injured in the third quarter of mid-March against the Rockets, missed five games, came back, and 11 straight games with 30 points or more and five with 40 (laughs) in one five-game stretch. He averaged 45 points in an entire – 45 points a game. Wilt Chamberlain shit. MVP. Ah, MVP chant. There. I mean, what do you think? I just, that Is sounds that kind of a, a little bit. I mean, if it's true, that seems kind of impossible to play basketball, let alone at a high level with a hairline crack in your tailbone. Like, how do you, how are you running? Like, I don't know. I mean, if it's true, He's, like, damn, yeah. He was playing with a diaper pretty much the entire time, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, he it was like a Simpsons episode. A where, throughout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. So, I think that this is tremendous, not only from a narrative standpoint, but also like a health standpoint. I think playing with a broken ass for two months <laughs> makes you Iron Man. I mean, we talk about Batman, we talk about Superman, but we could say for sure, Steph, at least somewhat is Iron Man. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, also, new news. Bob Myers had a presser today. <laughs> he said they better start putting pieces around Steph Curry soon. Because there's a few things going on. One, James Wiseman, they are hoping to have back by training camp. Mm-hmm. Clay Thompson, they are hoping to be back somewhere around the start of the season. He said he is very unsure. He does not know if it is realistic or not to think that Clay Thompson will be back and ready to go. So no Clay, no Wiseman. Just Steph thugging it out with Andrew Urkel Wiggins, playoff Wiggins at a mass max deal. Hopefully going to get some more pieces because you will not have Ubre most likely anymore. You're not going to have no, you're not going to have clay. You're not going to have Wiseman. Also, what does this mean for Wiseman? To me, this means all bad things for him and the Warriors because one, his trade values. We've talked about this before. His yeah. trade value is low. It's very clear they're not sure when they're going to get him back. They're already talking about shopping him. You're talking about shopping him. <laughs> well, uh, Myers, I, I, I guess he walked it back because in the press conference he did say, "Oh, we we don't plan to trade him. We expect him to like be on the roster, you know, uh, uh, opening night next year." But that could all be smoke, you know. 
probably is. I think I think it's smoke. I think it's like a big whiff on that draft pick as a whole for a variety of reasons, mostly because Steph Curry's timetable is not the same mm-hmm. as Wiseman's t- timetable. You've got a a 20-something-year-old with a bum knee and a low basketball IQ because he hasn't played a lot of games. You can't trade him. I mean, just all-time nightmare scenario for that number two overall pick. Like, just not good. It's not looking good. And they need... Bob Meyer said, we need to find a way to get some shooters on this team. Yeah, no. Well, I, I wonder what happened to them being leagues ahead of the rest of uh, the GMs. Yeah, I guess that just completely yeah. changes when you don't have multiple All-Stars on your team. Guys don't look nearly as good. Jordan yeah. Bell doesn't look nearly as good this time around in Golden State as he did when he was plugged and played on the roster that won a championship. So no, His teammate does. That, his teammate does. Bad news for Steph, uh, given how we've seen him be trapped everywhere and anywhere by three, four, five guys at a time. So um, he's going to need some help. And also another quick little item. Bob Meyer said he's also hopeful that Steph will sign in the offseason. Hopeful is not certain. So, man, there's just a lot brewing around these Warriors. It's going to be uh, crazy. It's going to be crazy. Speaking of things of brewing. We have more Pacers, um, we'll call it somewhat smoke, maybe. Do you call it smoke? Indiana president of basketball operations, Kevin Pritchard, my guy. He is a friend of the pod, is not committing either way to keep Nate Bjorkman as head coach, even though Indiana normally gives their head coaches multiple years in order to figure out whether they like them or whether they should keep them, et cetera. So after all the hoopla around Nate Bjorkman, he is saying, um, we're not sure. We're not going to publicly say either way. He is, you know, he did the old, uh, the thing that they always do for now. He is our head coach for now. Right. Yeah. That is so fucked. Mm-hmm. Just so fucked. Uh, and which is odd because the Pacers actually played better post smear campaign on Nate Bjorkren. Uh, he did come out. Kevin Pritchard came out and called Nate a micromanager. He said uh, <laughs> he needed to sort some things out. He said, I've got a young coach with super talent on X's and O's, but needs improvement in human management. In the exit meetings, no one said they were unhappy. They did say he micromanages. Is it possible like, Kevin Pritchard was Woj's source? <laughs> I mean, it sounds like it. I mean, that's it? kind of exactly what that whole article said, right? For sure. The Bleacher Report was something else. The weird thing, Kevin Pritchard also said that players are not getting along on the court. Yes. Individually in that locker room, they got along very well. But when we got to the court, to be brutally honest, it wasn't that way at all. What does that mean to you, Marty? Does that mean that guys are upset about the touches that they're getting, that they're just not meshing because they've got such a deep roster? I'm not really sure what's going on in that quote yeah i don't know i mean it sounds fake it sounds just like executive speak to me like a little bit they look pretty damn happy in that charlotte game like i don't yeah yeah i don't know that one's kind of a watch to me and i normally like really respect kevin pritchard but uh, i yeah yeah i don't really know what to make of this situation at all on anyone's end He's also said that they are looking to make changes to almost everyone if they need to. They're like, no one is off the table. Everyone is on board to potentially be moved if they need to be moved. So yikes, yikes. And I think to me, this means that like the front office is worried about their own fucking jobs. And if they don't make the right move, maybe that means that that move includes them being out. So they're just trying to figure out where how warm their own asses are, essentially. (laughs) What's the heat level on that seat? All right. Rumors of the NBA dying on TV. Greatly exaggerated. According to ESPN, Friday's play-in game, Grizzlies beating the hashtag Warriors. Why did I write hashtag? Average 3,600,000 viewers. It was ESPN's second most watched NBA game of the season. Won the night across all of primetime which is interesting okay. across all key demos. And now Adam Silver is said, well, fuck, I am now going to figure out a way to make this a staple of our season. <laughs> and if you don't like it, 
seven, eight, nine, ten seeds. Well, then fuck you. He also announced that the league is looking into a soccer style in season play in tournament, which seems wild, but has worked in another sport. Uh, according to ESPN, original midseason tournament proposal centered around a European soccer model would tie into the NBA's traditional schedule. The league had discussed an eight team single elimination tournament that would be incentivized with a million dollars per player payouts to the winning team. The NBA discussed a scenario of pool play embedded into regular season schedule to determine the team single advancing into a single elimination tournament. What do you think about this? Is, I feel like it's kind of fucking cool. I guess. I, I just, they're not going to give a fuck about it. That's true. Like, I don't know. I think you're going to see a bunch of scrubs in that, in that tournament. And I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I, I'm always in favor of more basketball. So like, I don't want this to be like, Oh, I'm hating on like them trying something new and stuff. But I mean, with the league being very focused on like player health and all that, I just don't see the teams taking it all that seriously. I think if you're a star, what's a million dollars to a star? What's a king to a God? What's a God to a non-believer? Basically, Mm -hmm. that's where that was. That's what that line was. You know what I mean? What's a million to a dame? You know, nothing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. And I'm wrong, but it just, it, it, that one's always seemed a little just weird to me. I don't know. Is it just me or is Adam Silver just watch way too much EPL? Like, he just wants he everything <laughs> to turn into the soccer model. And I don't hate it. Everything going off on the same day, midseason tournament, blah, blah, blah. Everything's going off the same exact time to make sure that all the teams don't know what's going on, which I thought was cool. But yeah. Jesus Christ, Adam Silver, like, come up with your own fucking ideas. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't steal others. I guess there is no original ideas anymore. Whatever. I'm going to be- walk that back. Okay. All right, so <laughs> let's talk about Frank Nilakina. Just try to keep myself employed. Frank Nilakina, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with this. Frank Nilakina is a, we'll call him a role player. Yes, is that even too generous? Probably a little too generous, yeah. I think it's too generous even for that. So Tom Thibodeau made a grave mistake. He stopped, he basically gave the defensive assignment on Trey Young before the halftime to Frank Nilakina which I've taken three years to learn how to pronounce his, his last name. So Frank Milikina. Filthy Frank. Put, filthy Frank puts the clamps on Trey. And then all of a sudden, he had played 45 seconds by this point in the game. He puts Franklin Milikina back on Trey at the end of the game, nine seconds left, and just gets absolutely barbecued chicken. Just game winner, game over, just- awful. Just blew by him, and there wasn't a it, there wasn't a screen, right? Was there? I need to rewatch the play, but like he kind of just went by him, right? I think he just I thought he just cooked him. But you yeah. need to trap Trey Young. You need to send multiple bodies at Trey Young. You yeah. cannot give him some single coverage. That is just a no go. That's like Steph Curry single coverage. Yeah, I don't really know what their plan was on that play, and I mean it's Tibbs, so like I'm not going to hear say like I know better what to do, but it did seem a little weird Bad. how they how they uh, how they defended that last play. He put he made MSG just go completely silent. I have multiple people in my DMs being like, "You won't talk about Trey Young. You won't talk about the Hawks. You're so wrong. You you're so wrong." We'll see if they make it past the first round. We'll see. Then maybe I will go backwards. Trey Young is a dog. Well, Trey Young is very good. I like him. What I know, I like him a lot. He his, you know, shut your mouth. I want to hear these fuck yous right now. I loved that. I love that. I don't like um parts about Trey Young, but I loved that. Oh yeah. About him. That was like, oh, okay. He's Here like in his first He's embracing the like Reggie Miller role. Like yes. it's Hate yeah, me. I think it's awesome. Hate me now. And he goes, next one. Who's next? So I, yeah, I'm beginning to like him, but putting a role player on Trey Young, just a wild fucking move. Could have cost him the series. Could have cost him the series. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to what this pod really is about, which is the playoffs. They are officially underway. Uh, every series has one game under its belt. We already have fights on the streets, chaos on the streets, favorites fucking losing, star players getting DMP'd by the medical staff and then complaining in the press. Coaches fielding uncomfortable questions in post-game pressers. Baby, buckle up. It is a bumpy ride here. <laughs> let's let's start with the East. 
First game, Sixers-Wizards. Sixers, 125. Wizards, 118. Fascinating game. To me, this is a game the Wizards could have won. They could have, yeah. Could have won. What did I tell you about those big men in Embiid? What did I say, Marty? We'll see. We'll see. Did you you see what the game plan, though? Did you see? Did you say to yourself when you were watching that game, I don't know how much you watched, did you say to yourself, this is what Tristan said the game plan would be. I did notice they were being very physical with him, which I, <laughs> which I expected wasn't crazy. But yeah, no, you seem to be on the on the better end of that take as, as through game one. Ben Simmons, he had four points in the first two minutes of the game, ended the game with six. Well below my prediction for his average of 10 points per game. <laughs> so <laughs> we're getting... We're getting closer to the predictions coming true again. I know I've been incredibly cold. So me being warm in any way, uh, I need this win. I need this win. I don't think that the Sixers can afford to have Embiid get taken out of the game the way that he did early. I know he put up 30. Does not matter. He needs to be on the floor in order to be meaningful at all times. And I think Ben Simmons has to be a scorer. I know that um, Doc Rivers said he was like magical, didn't he? He said he's a magical player or Uh or a unicorn player, a special player. (laughs) Whatever sort of coddling that Doc Rivers needs to do to Ben Simmons, I thought was tremendous too. But I think if you are the Sixers and you say to yourself, man, Seth Curry and Tobias Harris gave us, you know, career performances, can we expect that and count on that the whole way out of this thing? Like, not just this series, but the whole way out. <laughs> I would say no. I would say no to that. What do, what do you say to that? I see no reason why Tobias Harris won't continue to have a really good series. I'm not saying he's going to put up. Go off for what, 40. What did he have? 30, 38. Seven. He had 37. 37. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying he's going to do that every single game, but he's kind of built for the playoffs in a weird way that, like, Ben Simmons, I mean, isn't. He's and, not. like, I'm not. I'm not a huge Ben Simmons hater, but when the playoffs come, his play style kind of goes out. And then guys like Tobias Harris that can ISO and create their own offense, they become way more valuable. So I think Tobias probably needs to, besides Embiid, I mean, he definitely needs to put up the most shots. I agree. I agree. I think on top of that, the one person I would say was, I don't know if I'll call him the X factor. I don't know about X factor. We'll call him like the Z factor is uh, George Hill. Like yeah. you could tell that that George Hill signing was very playoff forward strategic because Ben Simmons is not the guy that you want calming your offense down. And George <laughs> Hill was making lots of decisions like a floor general in a way that I don't think Ben is that guy. Like, listen, Ben's tremendous at rebounding and defending. He put the fucking clamps on Bradley Beal. I think Bradley Beal shot like 13% when Ben Simmons was guarding him, which is just absurd. He shot 70% when other people were guarding him. So like, okay, but you want someone like George Hill to come in and he has that, he has finals experience. He's been there. He's done that. So I think that was a huge pickup. Yeah, I like his role for them. Gafford, another Z factor, we'll call him the Z factor. Just very frustrating to Joel Embiid. <laughs> just extremely much of an irritant. It affected him. So, yeah, it did. It did. And Len as well. Though they're going to just continue to throw bodies on him. So I think the Sixers, Sixers will lose a couple of games. I think, of course, predictions remain the same in my mind. I don't see anything crazy. Bradley Beal is not healthy. Uh, I do think that the Sixers need to get Joel Embiid involved earlier and more often uh, and get him to the line a lot so they can keep him happy. Because he just didn't look happy throughout that game. He looked a little upset. Yeah. You know what I mean? He didn't look – most of the game, he didn't look like JoJo. He looked like Joel. Yeah, 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 I can see that. Yeah, he didn't have his normal, yeah, self. Yeah, that normal, like, I'm smiling and laughing as I'm pounding you Mm -hmm. face. Yeah. Uh, all right. Nets 104, Celtics 93. That started off as a sweat. Yeah. <laughs> that started off as a sweat. I had the Nets minus seven and a half. And I tell you what, for two and a half, three quarters of that game, almost two and a half quarters, I was like, man. Yeah. 
whoa, how wrong was I? But not, but we were not, they did cover uh, 104.93. Boston yeah. put like, I just like, just a slight scare into Brooklyn and then Brooklyn showed up and then it was like, oh, okay, this team yeah. is. And from a, a gambling better. perspective, they came back in the end, made it close again. So they did. It was, I was watching this with a friend who does not gamble. And I was like telling him what the line was. And he's like, oh, I, Jason Tatum can shoot a three here and then get fouled and you'd be totally fucked. And I'm like, uh, yeah, that's why I'm still stressed out. Yeah. Uh, I think the only good thing I would say you could come out of this game is one that Jason Tatum showed up in a big moment and time Lord nine fucking blocks, nine blocks. So as a build, I think this is, this series is essentially just like getting players acclimated, like, Robert Williams in playoff moments. I don't think that they expect to do anything here. Shreveport, right? like, Shreveport strong. You don't think in any re, in any real way they believe that they can win the series, do you? Um, I mean, I can't speak for them personally, but like any Celtics fan <laughs> thinks that they have a chance to win the series is pretty insane. I mean, Brooklyn didn't play that well, and they still. I mean, I know Boston led in the first half, but by like mid third, it was pretty clear like Brooklyn was going to win and. Yeah, no, I mean, I just, they put up a good fight, but I don't, this honestly may be the closest they get to a win. Not in terms of final score, but in terms of like competitive of the competitive nature of the game. I I 100% agree. Kemba was minus 21. He was bad. He was awful. Awful. Going to need him to do a lot more in these moments if you want to say to yourself that was a good signing. So uh, he was far the far worse player on the Celtics that they that needed to play well. Um, what else? They shot thirty seven percent from the field. The Celtics did that is not going to cut it. I mean, I think that the the Nets were like one for what was it one for thirteen from three in the first half. Like that's a win if you can if you can like try to expand a huge lead. Like that's the game that you should win, and they still didn't win. Yeah. So don't really see many positives for Boston Celtics or the Boston Celtics fans. I don't think anyone expects anything. I think it's still a sweep. I expected the the Nets to be rusty because the three stars only played like eight games together total. Yeah. So, and they do need to shoot this, better because like, like you mentioned the first half stats, they didn't get much better in the second half. Like they, no. and I expect them to get back on track. I mean, those guys are just too good for them to not, but yeah, that's something that they should be looking at. Agreed. Miami, Milwaukee, Miami 107, Crazy Milwaukee game. 109. OT lit, just lit. So many moments. My favorite moment was something that I have, I rarely see something in a basketball game that I've never actually seen before, or at least like don't remember. I've never seen a 10 second violation on a line before. They called Giannis. He missed the first and they called him for a 10 second violation. Nope, you're done. Take the ball, which he made that shot. He would have that would have been a point for them. And that would have been probably game. I mean, not game altering, but game altering. That makes sense because it ended up being the same thing. Yeah, no, I, I thought the same thing. I don't know if I've ever seen it called either. I did know it was a rule because I remember uh, Tim Duncan used to take forever to shoot his free throws. And when I was like a kid, I thought it was. I don't even know if I thought it was funny, but like we would always just like count it down, like, come on, call it, call it, call it. And uh, never really came. So, yeah, no, that was surprising. I think I will continue to watch Giannis at the free throw line and count now. So I think (laughs) that is now a new thing. I did it from there on out. He was right around seven seconds after that. Did not get great from the line. You just need to be faster, Giannis. You just need to be better from the free throw line. Story of the game to me was Jimmy Butler playing – I would say good basketball at the exact same time as playing really bad basketball. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. I mean, the only thing he didn't do well was shoot. And I mean, it's not, it's not like he was taking, you know, bad shots. He just wasn't making them, you know, four for 23. I mean, probably one of the worst shooting performances of his career. I mean, can't get much worse. Yeah. (laughs) Can't get much worse. I mean, it was, I made a video about this. Like, Jimmy Butler, when you're this cold and your shot looks that flat, it doesn't even look like it's possible to go in. It's not like you're just missing the back of the rim or, you know, you're getting some bad luck. It just looked awful. He looked awful, like shooting. So uh, they're going to need a lot more from Jimmy. Um, 
Bam just did not show up. The fact that Jimmy and Bam both did not really show up offensively and they only lost by two points in overtime is frightening. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm bull I'm bullish on Miami and I made the I made the Bucks prediction. I thought that the uh Drew addition was gonna be enough to, you know, affect Jimmy, which it did. But, you know, it, if they're gonna put forth that effort, you know, on defense and hold Miami really to like what they wanted to, and you're only gonna get them by two. I don't know. Yeah. So Dragic and Duncan Robinson, they have a they have a lot of shooters, this Miami team. They, they can just rotate them in and out. Dragic and Robinson and Nunn and Hero, and they just come in and out. I really thought the weirdest thing to me was Andre Iguodala only playing 15 minutes. I am certain he's furious about that. Like, I think you got a guy who was the finals MVP, who can put clamps down, who can settle the troops, who has real deal, you know, real deal experience in big moments, and you only play him 15 minutes because you know, you're Spo and you're, you know, I don't question like you and Thibodeau, like I right. don't question Spo, but I promise you he's not happy about that. Um, yeah, no, he can't. I guess, I mean, I guess Spo likes what Ariza can do for them against uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. And, he, and he did play well. He played a lot. Uh, he didn't score a whole lot, but I think he did play well. Um, Had yeah, some big no, buckets too. Yeah, no, that's one of those things that, yeah, we just have to see, you know, the adjustments they make. Yeah, I think Trevor Ariza is a great upgrade. Like you said, to Jay Crowder, he came up with some big shots and I think it's, it's going to be really interesting. You're right. Drew was fucking good. Mm -hmm. He, he probably was responsible for eight points just with his defense alone in terms of like crowding the lane, getting in there, getting steals, causing issues, jump balls, et cetera, et cetera. It was, it was very impressive how much of an irritant he was. And then of course, like, Fucking Chris Middleton with the Kobe moment, the fall away, fade away, one man in his face, you know, to end it. Um, I think that is probably the best moment of Chris Middleton's career. Has to be. Sure. Yeah. Oh, has, yeah, has yeah. yeah. I, I, up to now. Yeah, definitely. This up is a sick shot. Sick shot. So I think, yeah, like series go seven, pretty evenly matched. I still think the the heat, um, I still think the heat win. Uh wow, one hundred seven, one hundred five. Knicks, goddamn, was this a tight game? It was awesome. Trey, Trey Young with the fucking shut up. You know where's your fuck yous now, Spike Lee? <laughs> um, Julius, Julius Randall made a couple of bad decisions late. The thing that I would say about this Knicks team is it's almost like they've never played any meaningful games before, <laughs> and they haven't. They haven't. It was like when it came down to it, Derrick Rose was the only one who wanted the ball in his hand. Yeah. Everyone else just looking around being like, well, what do you think? Well, what do you think? Just pass, 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 pass. Shot clock almost expires and Derrick Rose has to hit a floater. And it's like, yo, that's not good. Like you need to, that is something Thibodeau I think will work on is just their aggressiveness. So they, they've got to be kicking themselves though for losing home court and losing game one at MSG because from everything that I hear, it was rocking. And yeah, rocking. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it looked awesome. Uh, I, I I'm not as you know worried about it because Randall really didn't play that awesome, and they yeah. lost by two. I don't know, and I mean, granted, Alec Burks stepped up. You're not going to get that production out of him every day. Uh, but I just still think Randall. Points, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, he was awesome. I've always loved Alec Burks, by the way, too. I'm really glad he finally got the chance to like do that in a big game like this. Uh, no, I'm I'm not worried about the Knicks. Yeah, Bogdanovich is fucking very good. Talk about somebody. We just talked about the Bucks. Like the Bucks were trying so hard to get Bogdanovich, and it didn't work. He had some seriously clutch threes late. It was just unstoppable. Yeah, I've I've he's, always been a fan. He's going to be a key piece, I think. Yeah, um, Sun, the Sun, so Suns drafted him. And just got, got rid of him. Traded just, him for uh, for Marquise Chris. Oh, yes. Marquise Chris has come up in a <laughs> lot of bad trades. A lot of bad trades. All right, let's move out west. Uh, lots of fireworks. Memphis, Utah. Holy fuck. So what is going on with Donovan Mitchell's ankle? Because... This is what the news was. Donovan Mitchell has been cleared to play in game one against Memphis in Utah. So Donovan didn't have to worry about any planes, trains, or automobiles. He's just right there. And he says he's going to play. 
So everybody knows like he's going to play. And then all of a sudden they see him at warmups and it's like, no, he's not going to play. And now Donovan Mitchell is fucking furious, which I would be furious as well. Um, and then they lose, mm-hmm. which makes him probably even more fucking furious. Like, it's not even like, oh, well, we still won. So we were just being cautious. No, like you lost at home to the fucking Memphis Grizzlies. No disrespect to the Memphis Grizzlies, but they were a nine seed, 10 seed, nine seed. One of them. <laughs> one of them. And you just lost to them and you were the number one team in basketball. So it's not good. Like I said, when the Jazz go cold, they go ice cold. And boy, did they go cold. Yeah, no, I mean, what I've been seeing, and granted, they're without Mitchell, so we can't fully judge them. But what I really see on them that makes them, I think, vulnerable is this is going to sound crazy, but I think it's I think it's their defense. like Because they kind of, I mean, with Gobert and, uh, you, you know, whoever... Uh, is in there, uh, uh, favors Nyang. They kind of just like sit back and wait at, uh, to go yeah. up and contest. And Memphis has, I mean, we've seen it with Brooks and Morant, really good at floaters. Uh, Kawhi is really good at floaters. Uh, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, really good at floaters. I don't think Utah is getting out of the West. I really don't. I'd be sh- shocked, I think, if they got out of the West at this point. Yeah, I would be stunned too. And I would say this too, like, I just don't matchup wise and like playoff mindset wise. And I was talking to other people, color other people who are in the NBA and they were like, Memphis has a bunch of dogs. Like Dylan Brooks has heart. Jaw has heart. You know, the role players have heart. Valanchunas uh, is Valen- a dog. He's awesome. He's so fun. He, a, he is so fun. He is such a bruiser. And then you're like, okay, so. It's it's Gobert and it's no disrespect to Gobert as a player, but like it's Gobert, it's Clarkson, it's Ingles, like no dog there. Spider is on the bench. Like, I don't know what to make of that. And Conley's gonna need to do more, but like just from a mindset elevate like elevation wise, I just am like, nah, if I had to go and, and decide, I would say they get they might get bounced this round. <laughs> they might I'm- get bounced. This round, I'm not quite going there, but I think they're going to be tested way harder than they had wanted to, especially when they found out they got the Grizzlies instead of the Warriors. Yeah. And I I think they're going to use a lot of energy on this series that they were planning on saving uh, for the next series. And I just don't think it's going to be good. What was interesting to me about that was that they asked, uh, I want to say they asked Dylan Brooks after the game, which who we'll get to in just a second. They said, Dylan that emotional win that you guys had against the Warriors would normally be the thing that wears you out, but it feels like you guys are actually more excited and, and it energized you. And he was like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that is, that is something that I think the test that Memphis will give the jazz will not be energizing. That will be, <laughs> that will be draining. It will be draining. Dylan Brooks, by the way, Oregon duck, my alma mater, people got very mad at me when I said this online. Like 45th overall pick, Dylan Brooks, playing like a fucking monster superstar. He was 20, what was he? What did he have? 31, and he played yeah. lockdown defense. He had, I want to say, five assists and three rebounds, or I haven't flipped, I forget. So this was his coming out party. I mean, he, Bradley Beal said that Dylan Brooks played the hardest defense on him his, this entire season which was not his M.O. at Oregon at all. No, I mean, is is he ascending? Are we just watching his ascension right now to, I don't want to say, I mean, dare I say star? Like, he's playing awesome. I feel and, like that. Yeah. I feel that that is exactly what we're watching. And I think for most GMs, they said, oh, Dylan Brooks, tall player, short. This is what I talked to some scouts. This is what they said. Yeah. Nice player. And these are Oregon people who are around Oregon. So they knew him in the past while they knew him. Yeah. Watched him a lot. Nice player. Not all that athletic. Was not this good at rebounding and defending. Very short arms. Had a lot of heart and very low skills. Very difficult to make the, the jump to the NBA with just your heart. But God damn it, he made it happen with just his heart. And that is like what people were scared of about him, but also tells you like, wow, Dylan Brooks is really 
elevated so many elements to his game. It's it's incredible. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to see what he does the rest of the series. I mean, that's I mean, and as cool as it, as it is watching playoff Jaw, which I'm Jaw Morant's becoming maybe my favorite player in the entire league. Uh, yeah, but yeah, watching him and Brooks, that's that's the coolest part of this series to me. Well, and this team is just like a good team, like sneaky good team. Like their roster is deep, like Desmond Bain, uh, Xavier Tillman. Um, they've got a lot of pieces that I think in the future are going to be, the, the future is going to be bright. Um, so, yeah, I think going forward, the Jazz are in fucking danger. Spider Mitchell, I'm not sure if it's a grade one or a grade three because a grade one ankle sprain is one to two weeks. This has been a month now. And they still didn't have him play playoff basketball. So was it a grade two, grade three, which is really eight weeks, six to eight weeks? What is what is happening? I don't, I don't know. know what is happening. Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't so, play, then uh, then yeah, he missed fifteen games. He missed fifteen. It's games. a lot. Yeah. So uh, Grizz playing loose and sloppy as normal. Um, they make things messy. They fuck with precision. Um, and that's like what Gobert likes to do. So I think it's going to be a very fun series. I think it's going to be, I think this is going to go. I don't know. I don't want to predict. I don't want to predict. We're going to move on. <laughs> There's too many Suns, variables to predict. Too many, too many. Suns 99, Lakers 90. I'm going to predict fucking five games for the Suns. Ooh, it is no, my, no, 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 no. We can't do that. Check it out. <laughs> well, well, no predict. No predict. <laughs> what I would say is this. The Suns look like they could beat any team in the NBA the way they played the other night. It looked I know pretty you're good. Scared. It looked you're pretty scared. good. No, it looked pretty awesome. I've like, I, I don't know. I've just, I haven't had playoff basketball in so long. I missed the feeling so much. And to couple that with like, we may actually win it. Like, we really may have the team that could just shut anybody down. Like, I, I don't know. It's crazy. I can barely contain myself, honestly, when I actually start thinking about it. The thing that I thought was interesting to uh, was that Chris Paul has been grooming DeAndre Ayton for this moment all year. Yeah. And here DeAndre Ayton was doing exactly what he needed to do, fulfilling every responsibility that they wanted for him. He, he inhaled Anthony Davis's soul, inhaled it, swallowed it, spit it out. 13 points, Anthony Davis. That is... Yeah, I didn't see that coming. No, I didn't either. I mean, it's his playoff career low. Yeah, no, I definitely didn't see that either. But uh, to talk about DeAndre for a second, I don't know if I've ever been more proud of a player on my team. I mean, his first playoff game, people give him shit for not being a defender, being soft, being afraid to like dunk. Uh, Oh, like they should have drafted Luca, blah, blah, blah. He's never really let it affect him. And then he went in his playoff debut and just outclassed. Anthony Davis. Nuts. Nuts. Just I I, I, I want to give a huge round of applause to DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre J- Ayton with key dunks, key rebounds, key moments. He looked and also let's give some love to Devin Booker, his first playoff game in life. Yeah. And boy, did he look you know what was insane to me because those they they played back to back, right? The Lakers played the Warriors and the mm-hmm. Lake, Lakers played Devin Booker. And I, I texted someone and I was like, you know, I'm scared to say this because I feel like people are like, oh, you're a casual, you're a prisoner of the moment. But like, does Devin Booker have more versatility than Steph Curry? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. I'm not going there. You did text me that. It I was- don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's like he can get out of traps easier. He's bigger. He does have more shooters to throw the ball to out of traps. But he has that post up game because of his body. Mm hmm. And he has a better mid-range game, I would say, in certain ways. The way that he pulls up versus floaters, he can actually get in the mid-range. I know you're excited. He looked fucking phenomenal. I mean, he can but hang in he- the air. He can hang in the air longer than Steph and get shots up like that. I will say that. Uh, but yeah, no. Just to talk about him, I know I talked about Aiden. It's more because like I just I knew Booker was ready for this, even though people say all the bullshit they say about him. Like I knew he was going to come in and play well. But I mean, the fact that he in his first playoff game, which featured Chris Paul, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and he was the best player on the floor. Booker's here. Booker's here, and people better get used to it. He's here. 
abs- absolutely all-star, going to be making a multiple all-stars. And I think he's going to be elevating into an all-NBA status like very soon. So yep. Zebras, of course, were desperate to steal this game. They yeah, were I mean- <laughs> desperate trying to steal it. Yeah, and I don't like doing that. But I mean, in the first half, they shot the, the Lakers shot 17 free throws. The Sun shot zero. And then the that phantom, I don't want to say phantom ejection, but I thought an ejection for campaign on that one was a little ridiculous. Uh, I thought the ejection should have gone against Alex Caruso. I thought it should have been. Like if you're going to eject someone, well, I mean, it, for the Harold attack. is really who I think, because he literally ran the length of the floor to like, yeah. So, I mean, there was, it was in the third quarter with two minutes left and the Lakers just had their first personal foul. Like, and the <laughs> Suns were in the bonus for like pretty much the entire time. So it was hard to watch. I was watching with Suns media and they were also outraged. Um, I, it's going to be a fun fucking series. I hope it doesn't go long. I think that the Suns continue to build leads and it's almost impossible to get them back. The Lakers tried, the refs tried, but it was like it ballooned to 16 and then went to nine, then went to 15 <laughs> then eight. So I, I think it's like very, very difficult to come back against you guys. Yeah. Uh, LeBron looks slow. He does. Like, he and he, he, he Not necessarily slow. I think I figured it out what I've been like seeing because I mentioned this uh, in either our last pod or the one before that he's not backing guys down like he normally does. It's like he doesn't want to no. do that. Like there were lineups where it was like uh, in the Golden State game where like Wiggins was like who was on him. And it's like, why are you not just taking it to him. There's something wrong with his ankle. Yeah. There's something not wrong even, with it, Right. I mean, that is what it is, obviously. And he's not even attempting it against Mikael Bridges. Not even attempting no. it. No. Yeah. Well, Mikael, Mikael looks very good, too. We could talk about the Suns pretty much all day. Uh, <laughs> let's move forward. Mavs, 113-103. I, I want to send my well wishes to Chris Paul's shoulder. Uh, Chris all, Paul's shoulder, all neck, good thoughts, head all good area. Thoughts. That was a big storyline, too. I mean, it felt like the NBA gods were trying to kill him again. I which, went to a I went Honestly. to a dark place for about ten minutes there. I like threw so my phone I. down. I wasn't even wasn't even checking it. But 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 uh, he came but back okay. in and all right. So trouble in LA all in LA all over the place. So before yeah. the Lakers shit the bed in Phoenix, Clippers get obliterated by a team that they tanked to play. <laughs> like they were the cowards and they like wanted this matchup and then they like I mean it didn't look close. The matchups don't look good. No. Dallas is a fucking huge team. They're like all six seven. Tim Hardaway Jr. is like the smallest one. He's six five. Like they're all big. Like mm-hmm. Luke is big. Tim Hardaway Jr. is big. Finney Smith. Fucking Porzingis is big. Yeah. And uh, what's the other? Clayby Clayba is big. Kleba yeah. is big. Yeah. He got he got. I guess Jalen Jalen Brunson's Kleba. probably their only short guy. He's the only short guy. And wow, Jalen Brunson has come along, doesn't he? Yeah. He looks. So much better than he has in previous years. Like I thought Jalen Brunson might be a G League guy at one point. So no disrespect to Jalen Brunson, but he did lot, look very good. Yeah. Um, that, whole Villanova team, that whole Villanova team has turned into good pros. Yeah, I love Dante DiVincenzo when they drafted him in Milwaukee. That was a steal. Um, Mav shot 47% from three and Clippers shot 27% from three. And that was pretty much that was pretty much the whole story. Yeah, I mean, when Luca is shooting the way that he was shooting in that game, they're a completely different team, and that team's hard to beat, no matter who you are. No matter who you are, and I talked to a Clipper fan before this matchup, and they said, "Listen, uh, we don't want the Mavs." And I was curious by that because the Mavs have been all up and down. And he's like, "No, like Luca is deceptively big. He is deceptively fast. He uses both to his advantage." He went off for 31, 10, and 11 for a Westbrook-style triple-double. And and moving forward, like, I don't see how the Clippers get out of this first round. I know that's like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't. And, I'm, I, and that was like, yeah, I know that's like a lot to say, but I don't see how these matchups alter or shift significantly given how good the Mavs are playing defensively right now. I think I think there will be games where Kawhi and PG shoot better. Uh, they didn't have uh, really good offensive games, especially from three. Uh, and I think that coupled with there will be a couple games where Luca, I don't want to say ordinary, but a, a little 
closer to that than he was this right yeah 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 yeah. i I don't know why the word ordinary came in there but less than less than as excellent as he was uh on saturday so yeah i it looks it it did look bad though it did look pretty bad and and i have no faith in ty as a head coach at all i hear you i hear you and they they got this coach that they wanted and they got the team that they wanted and you know has anyone ever said i think there's has anyone ever said like, oh, wow, that was such a good decision Ty Lue made? Has that ever been said? I don't think so. I mean, besides <laughs> besides uh, getting LeBron James to come back to Cleveland, perhaps. Um, Denver, <laughs> he wasn't a part of it. Not at all. 109, 123, uh, Portland. Man, I hate talking about the Blazers. Because he is, I mean, it's just like, I hate it. Just like you hate talking about the Suns, I'm sure. Portland looks fucking good. We look good. This is the only team in the West I think we could have beaten. The only one. They don't play defense very well. Yeah. Um, We just match up very well. What I would say is the key pieces of this game, really, which I think will pervade throughout this, however long the series goes, and I hope it's just four, um, is that Carmelo Anthony is being disrespected by the city of Denver. He's being booed by Denver. And Nurkic was shipped out of Denver. So you have two players that are basically like, fuck you, Denver, revenge game. <laughs> I think Carmelo getting booze is fucked up. And it hurt his feelings. And he talked about like, what did you want from me? I gave you all I had and da 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 You demanded out in the middle of the year. You had signed a contract to play there that you dishonored. But, <laughs> but, it, but on the other hand, it's been 10 years, guys. Come on. <laughs> it's been 10 years. Can you guys let it go? Jokic had 34.16 boards, but only one assist. So I would say Portland's game plan was pretty much exactly what they needed to do. Oh, yeah. Stop Jokic from being a passer. Stop it. And Dame looked fucking incredible. Nurkic has become aggressive and a man. Like, he plays normally very soft. This this version of Nurkic is my favorite. Yeah. Rolling hard dunking no floaters no flip-ups nothing just dunks just bodies just i love it uh well i've i've had was only one for ten from three yeah i mean that was a huge factor in the game i mean he played i I think he played okay regardless of that and then if and if like three of three more of those go in then like we're having a completely different conversation about his game but uh yeah, no. So, but back to back to Jokic for a second. That what Portland did against him is what I always kind of wonder. Like, why doesn't everyone do this? Because there's really no point in double teaming him because he's so big. If he no. wants to shoot, he's going to be able to get it off, and yep. then you're just opening it up for him to be able to dish it out, which we know he can do, and he never makes mistakes. He never puts the ball somewhere he doesn't want it to be. So just let him take those jumpers. Like he's gonna yeah, make a good bit day. of them. He's gonna make a good bit of them, but like take out that other part of his game. And I mean, I mean, one assist for the MVP. That's wild, wild. Uh, Cantor did well. He was plus two. Uh, Mel had eighteen off the bench. Anthony Simons had fourteen as a role player. Portland trailed at half, which is normal for us. And we outscored the Nuggets by 13 in the third fucking quarter, which is so unlike this team. They are the worst third quarter team I've ever seen. And for us to do this, it's just very encouraging for us to win on the road. Game one. We did it against the Lakers. This is not that. This is not the same. This is not the same, I don't think. I hope. Yeah. So I think this is going to be a tight series. I think this goes six. I think this goes six. Portland. Uh, we've already stolen home court, so all we have to do is keep it. That's all the time that we have for the This League podcast. Please rate, please rate, and subscribe and review on Apple and Spotify. Uh, we also have a bunch of This League playoff merch on sale. Uh, do not forget to follow us at This League and at Trista Crick on TikTok, IG, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you for listening. Tune in Friday morning, where I will be back in studio for the next episode of This League.
Another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hyundai. 